CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now on OA, despite a down week for the markets, it's been one heck of a first half of 2023 with one week left. How are options traders setting the table for the next six months? We'll break it down. Plus, trading the globe beyond the president's big meetings with India's prime minister. It's been a hectic week for markets in India, Japan, and beyond. We'll map the opportunities abroad. That's coming up. And later, earnings on tap at Walgreens. Can the pharmacy giant find the right prescription to turn around its struggling stock? We'll go inside the numbers. I'm Courtney Reagan in this evening for Melissa Lee. This is Options Action live from the NASDAQ market site. On the desk tonight, we have Mike Coe, Bono and Eisen, and Tim Seymour. And we start with the first half hotties. A number whoa, of names whoa. on absolute tears Darn this one. year. NVIDIA <laughs> up nearly 200%. Meta jumping 140%. And Tesla driving more than 100% higher. Pulte, GE, Salesforce, and more also locking in solid gains for the first half. But will they keep this run going in the second? That is the key question. Tell us the answer, Tim. Well, I, I tell you, you know, you talk about NVIDIA and you talk about one of the, the, the greatest momentum moves we've seen in any stock of all time. And, and I think it's, it's, you know, options traders are, are certainly planning on how or, or the, part of the strategy is how do you deal with that, all that upside value you've had and how you're looking at in the future. Uh, when I look at a, uh, a Facebook where I think around AI, and we just recently talked about this, 27% of their content is AI driven. Um, I actually think that they're in a position in the second half to continue to ride because that multiple is much less demanding than some of these other names. Netflix is a name that I've been long and I'm actually starting to fade some of that position. And, and I think none of this has been about AI for Netflix. I think it's really just been about the profitability and the free cash flow generation for Netflix. I think we've priced in a lot of great news. I'm still staying long, but I'm trimming that position. Michael, what do you think about these first half hotties? Can they continue the run? I mean, they certainly could. Uh, you know, we've certainly seen high-flying stocks in, in other sort of, you know, bullish areas continue for extended periods, and, and certainly names like NVIDIA could continue. Uh, you know, options traders are still seemingly quite optimistic. I mean, this is one of the most active names, and, and actually, that's one of the things you can look at. If you want to gauge investor sentiment, want to understand what they're thinking, one of the things you can do is just take a look at options volumes, and NVIDIA has been in the top 10 consistently essentially all year. It was in, I think it was number four today. Uh, and if you look at it on a notional basis, even higher. The thing is that these kinds of valuations, if you're a longer term investor and, you know, we're sort of talking about the first half, so we're looking ahead to the second half and beyond, uh, it's a little bit harder for a name like this to really, you know, stay ahead. Now, I happen to think that a lot of the economic data we've been getting lately uh, seems a little bit better than we might have otherwise expected. If I was going to be, you know, picking things to be long, though, for the second half, this isn't the place I'd put new money to work. Okay, fair enough. Bonwin, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, as the other two panelists have said, it could continue. But the real question is, what's the catalyst further, particularly in the names that are kind of AI adjacent? Listen, NVIDIA is one that's near and dear to my heart, and I think it's done well. But if we really start to drill down, it's like we've already baked in pretty robust and resilient economic activity, which we have seen to my coast point. 
And then you look forward, like AI, this, this value expansion that we've seen kind of across the complex has really been fueled by this specific subsector within technology. So you ask yourself, listen, given all of the headwinds that the Fed is still alluding to and the move that we've seen in pricing and, and what's really come, again, at multiple expansion as opposed to earnings expansion, what is really the catalyst going to take that's going to take this leg further. And when I look at these high beta type of names, just expect that there's going to be volatility. This is not going to be an orderly move marching up and to the right. So you will expect to see you know, a little bit more volatility in that second half of the year, particularly if the consumer starts to feel the real crunch. So I, I, while, again, these names could, and they have done exceedingly well, I would expect to see a bit more mean reversion in the second half of the year. What about Tesla specifically? We, we talked about it being up 100% there, and I believe there was a, a downward price target revision by Adam Jonas, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday. What do you make of the, the near-term future there? The, the story around Tesla uh, on the fundamentals is one that you know, is demand-driven by lower prices. They're, certainly, they're about to give us deliveries on July 2nd, and, and the expectation is they're going to hit that 1.8 annualized number. Um, but a lot of people are questioning what demand is. I'll let that, you know, people can fight that one out. They're on both sides of the aisle. This stock has been all over the place. I, I would just, you know, I would point out that it's, it's definitely a case where uh, one of the hardest things to do in markets is to let your winners run. Uh, especially if you are a trader. But but there are a lot of long-term investors out there, and, and I think they're probably the ones that are laughing last when it comes to some of these names that I think uh, at times people tend to overtrade them. I, I'm not a buyer of Tesla here. Let's just be clear. Uh, I, I just think that the dynamic here on the multiple is very difficult. But right now, that chart is one that really just started to break out through that 200-day, and I, I think there's still a lot of shorts in its way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've seen those names surge in the first half, but there are other stocks that you're keeping an eye on to drive the second half. Tim, what are names that you, we should be looking at going forward? Let's leave the past in the past. So so Alibaba's been in the news this week and China's been in the news this week. And arguably, this is one of the most recognizable China t- stocks, certainly in big tech land. The, the fact that uh, Joe Tsai is, is allowed back in um, net net, by the way, pun intended. Uh, he's also one of the owners of the Nets. Uh, it's very <laughs> bullish for for the stock. This is essentially one of Jack Ma's boys. They, they built this company. There was a lot of question about who was really allowed to be in charge there. Um, and I think you got a, a dynamic here where it's going to continue to uh, at this point, the sum of the parts is something that I think you can start to play. I realize it's been less about valuation than it has really been about the pressure from above. Um, the energy sector, after being, we could have said that about first half winners in 22. In fact, of all of 22, mostly it's underperformed the XLE to the S&P about 22% year to date. Um, I think energy, the, it's, it's with some irony, kind of the circular nature of some of the better data we're getting, some of the looser financial conditions are coming from cheaper oil prices. And there's some sense that this is actually stimulative in terms of what it's doing to the economy, why we might get some upside surprises. Most oil traders are saying oil's weaker because demand is down. Energy companies are run differently. I think you want to stay long XLE. Hmm. Mike, what do you make about what we should be looking at for the second half? Again, sort of leaving the past in the past from the previous conversation and the winners that are going to drive the way forward. Yeah, I I think some of the themes that Tim was just talking about make a lot of sense here. I mean, we've seen a real dichotomy, essentially, between the names you were just talking about, the AI-fueled names, some of these high multiple uh, expansion types of stories for the first half of the year. You know, there have been a lot of stocks that have been left behind. Now, there have been some technical analysts that have suggested that that actually is a warning sign for the market, that you uh, basically see just a, a sort of a small group of winners and then a much larger group of companies that haven't been doing as well. I I would say there's another way to look at that, and that is that those names could potentially play catch-up, and a lot of them are really not that expensive on a valuation basis. So the two companies I was taking a look at, 
similar story in some ways to what Tim was talking about and just having underperformed this year. General dynamics, uh, first of all, defense is defensive. So, you know, if you are concerned, if you think that uh, the market is going to get a little bit rocky here in the second half, uh, reasonable valuation and not likely to face a lot of economic pressure. Uh, On the same sort of theme, we could look at Bungie, which is an agribusiness. Again, this is a company that is trading at a very reasonable multiple. Now, of course, some people will point out that the company has seen real uh, increases in revenues as a result of pandemic-related inflation. We're not going to see that continue, but I still think the company is very reasonable here. Bonwin, what are your picks for the second half? You know, you're going to call me Mr. Wet Blanket because I'm, like, oh. I'm, I'm going to kind of like pump, 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 pump the brakes here. You know, I've kind of like showered. I know, listen, we're, we're up and to the right. Everybody's excited. But, you know, I, I think I'm just going to want to bring everybody back down here. I think the second half of the year is very much going to be about defending your gains much more than it is chasing the, the hyper moves that we've seen on the first half of the year. And for that reason, I think, listen, I still think short-term treasuries give you great risk-adjusted returns. And I really want to drill down on that risk-adjusted. It's not about chasing the highest flying name, particularly when you're thinking about managing a portfolio. There has to be some orderly aspect. And listen, if you can slide down the risk risk curve and still pick up incremental yield, I think that's a very compelling story. The second one is going to be McDonald's here. And I think this is a name that, listen, the consumer has remained resilient. They've continued to spin. But at some point, and we've seen it from certain names, Target, Walmart, et cetera, where they are trading down. And I expect that to continue in the second half of the year. The Fed, again, has told you, listen, we're going to have to continue to, to raise rates. There's been you know, uh, you know, a, a bit of debate about that. But as you trade down, I want a name that's going to continue to be strong through recessionary pressure. And McDonald's offers that. Hmm. OK, so we've been talking a lot here about winter stateside, largely domestic names and domestic situations. But what about investing in opportunities? abroad. I mean, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi making a landmark visit to the U.S. this week, stopping by the U.N., meeting with President Biden and big tech CEOs. And this is all on the back of President Biden labeling China's Xi Jinping a dictator after Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with the Chinese leader. Mike, you're laying out a trade here. I think it's really important for us to take a big picture. Tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was not helpful for Chinese stocks at all, uh, the comments that were made, and obviously it hit them fairly hard this week. But I, I'm just trying to focus on the economic activity side. And as I was indicating earlier, some of that hasn't really been quite as bad, I think, as some people uh, have been making out. Now, we could see some additional rate hikes, uh, what Bonowin was suggesting. If you have cash deployed to short-term treasuries, I think that's okay. But, you know, I think we should be looking to emerging markets here. Um, this is kind of a similar play to looking at materials and energy, some of the things that I think that Tim was talking about. Just if things are not as bad as uh, people are making out, this is a sector that has severely underperformed uh, this year and is looking relatively cheap, in my view. And I think this is a place that people could, you know, take a look at cautiously getting optimistic with a risk reversal, selling a downside put. I was looking at selling the September 37s to buy an upside uh, call, the 41 strike call. You can collect a little bit of money uh, to do this trade. Uh, Worst case, you're gonna be put at around 37 bucks, which is a discount to where it's currently trading. You get some participation here and you're gonna offset some of the decay. 
Tim, what do you make of either this trade or the general idea behind the trade? Well, you, you, you kind of teased this segment, um, say we're going to be trading the globe. There was a great show on CNBC hosted by yours truly about a decade ago. <laughs> it obviously never went anywhere, although we still have that show. I but, remember. But, but the, the, the point is that I am someone that spent a lot of time in international markets. Uh, Mike's laying out some of the, the, you know, kind of the option background on why emerging markets look interesting and probably under owned. The EEM uh, at one point outperformed the S&P by about 20 percent once the dollar had peaked in October of last year. Uh, I think a lot of the dynamics which have EM under-owned are things that can get better. They don't have to get remarkably better. And that includes, again, currencies tend to be 50% of your return when you're investing in emerging. Look at what's been going on in Japan as well. And we've talked about this a lot on Fast Money. Uh, A dynamic where you have a market that's suddenly running into inflation coming out of decades of deflation. I think Japan is a place that is a proxy for Chinese stocks in some sense. And I think Japan can continue to run. But these are places that I think if you're investing globally, um, right now is a very interesting time. And again, I think the, the, the allocation of portfolios by hedge funds is very much moving towards international. Well, still to come, we are laying out some trades ahead of key earnings reports next week. How to play some of these names, that's coming up next. And for everything Options Action, check out our website and newsletter. There's more Options Action, though, here on TV Live after this. Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to Options Action. Check out the names gearing up to deliver results next week. Carnival, Walgreens, GM, Micron, and more. So let's lay out some trades here ahead of the reports. Why not? Mike, let's start with Walgreens, down nearly 16% this year. How do you see it trading after the results? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. As I was just thinking about this during the break, I realized that it might seem like we've got a little bit of uh, what Charlie Munger has disparagingly referred to as the cigar butt strategy trying to basically have a dash for trash here. But, you know, this is obviously a name that has been hard hit this year. Uh, I think there is a possibility after a fairly disappointing beginning to the year that we are getting to a level where it might start to make some sense to to make a bullish bet. Uh, you know, it is obviously a, a risky thing to do because we're, we're bouncing around here towards the bottom. It's possible it could break through it. Uh, but I think we could take a look at an options trade that gives us a possibility of giving us some upside and still we wouldn't get long unless it fell, fall, you know, to an even more attractive level than it is right now. So I was looking at a call spread risk reversal. Things to think about. When you use a call spread risk reversal, you want every single leg of the trade to be a reasonable one. You want to be long a call that is an attractive and reasonable point. Uh, you'll be short an upside call to help finance it. Again, the thinking here is that that's a level where it might run into some potential resistance. And then if you're going to sell that downside put to help finance it as well, you know, you're looking for some level of, of support. So that's essentially what I was doing here. You can collect a little bit of premium uh, on this trade, basically spreading it out by about two and a half bucks aside. Right now, the options market implying a move of about 6%. That's a little bigger than it has averaged over the last eight reported quarters. But I think this is a way uh, where you can tr- sort of dip your toe into it, if you will. Bono, what do you think about this Walgreens trade? 
Well, I, I really echo Mike's sentiments in terms of picking strikes that actually like are, are very actionable or there's a reason behind them. And if you look, like these are relatively closely kind of um, tied uh, option strikes, right? And really, if you kind of look at the beta of this name, you're not expecting some outsized moves. So which is the last thing you want to be doing is paying a ton of data bleed for a move that you likely won't get. So I actually think that was a very thoughtful uh, laid out trade by Mike. Let's turn to Micron. The semi-stock up more than 30% this year, but will the chip rip keep surging? Mike, how are you playing this name? Yeah, Micron's kind of an interesting one because, of course, they're not really catching the fire that the AI buzz has created. Uh, as Tim, who I know speaks about this name quite a lot, is probably going to be talking about here, uh, really it's going to come down to pricing. It seems like we might be getting support there. Uh, this is a name that also can move around a substantial amount on earnings. This one actually implying a larger move uh, even than Walgreens is, probably uh, 7 8%. Here, I think we can look to using an in-the-money call spread. That's the trade I was looking at here. Again, trying to offset some of that decay, uh, essentially using this as a proxy for stock. Uh, in this case, I was looking out to July, the 62.72 call spread. That was in-the-money. It was going to cost about 4 bucks, paying 5 bucks for the 62 calls, selling the 72s against it. Uh, this gives you a little bit of asymmetry to the upside, nominal decay. I mean, we're only talking about a few cents here to make this bet. Uh, obviously, if there's really disappointing news, and this is a company that has been losing money the last quarter or two, uh, you're not really taking that much risk to the downside. Tim, what do you make? The well, I think that's that's right. I think the, the, the option call is, is certainly playing to the fundamentals. I think there's asymmetry to the upside, too, in terms of where I, I think stabilization and pricing is going better than people think. I think they've done a great job of actually managing prices uh, at a time when destocking has been the story here for a, you know, a few quarters already. So, it, it, again, he pointed out that this is kind of a stock proxy um, to the long side. And I, th I think that's right. And remember, it was just, I don't know, two weeks ago when Mike Brown was under the gun of being named by China as one of the companies that actually they were not going to. It, basically, strategic companies could not be a buyer of Micron. And is this escalating U.S.-China geopolitics around the tech sector? It very well may be. Um, but right now, Micron's effectively recovered most of that. And, and from an earnings perspective going into these numbers, I think the risk is the upside. And this obviously has a little bit more potential to have a big beta move, not unlike Walgreens. What do you make of this one? Yeah, I mean, I like the trade here as well. Listen, uh, the call strike in the money gives you a little bit more stock-like uh, performance. You know, I will say that this stock has pulled back a bit from its peak here, right? So I, I prefer the options play because it does limit your downside if it were to kind of roll over or return back to trend. All right. Well, coming up next, CarMax in the rear view. We're bringing you an update on Mike's trade from last week after its big drive higher. How to manage that one now when options action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. Last week, Mike laid out a way to play CarMax ahead of earnings. Shares surging 10% today after results crossed the wires this morning. So, Mike, how are you managing this now? You know, it's uh, always nice to look back on a winner. I, I think the story <laughs> in CarMax is a lot like uh, the one we've seen in housing. Everybody expected rates to completely crush demand. And, of course, it has come in, but maybe not as much as people expected. This trade is obviously a winner. What you want to do and I don't think you should necessarily pair uh, your gains completely here because the stock traded well into the close. I would just roll those 82 and a half calls up and out. Uh, so basically, you're going to uh, take some of the money off the table, but continue to play to the upside in that call spread. So, so Mike's playing with the house's money, as he should. Congrats. Great trade. I, I look at the fundamentals around KMX and say, uh, look, uh, the 
the used car market continues to deteriorate. They continue to lose share. It's trading 25 times forward. I, I, I get what's happened. 14 million shares traded today. Um, I, I think that was it. And I think there's a lot of short covering here. So uh, I think we're going to see positive revisions. And I think you're going to see some of this trade out. I don't think it falls out of bed tomorrow. Uh, but I think you have a pretty good opportunity to fade this trade if you made some money. Bonham, what do you think about this I'm one? Up going, 10%. I am going to straddle the fence. Whoa. A little pun on options Ooh. trade there. So I'm going to take half this trade off, and then I'm going to roll the other half off so I continue to ride my winners. Okay. Best of both worlds. Okay. <laughs> That's no wet blanket there. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks, quote, looking for a strategy on how to play the following position. Long NVIDIA January 2024 options and sold covered calls NVIDIA December 2023. What do you make here, Mike? So this is an interesting situation you're in because you're long the 200 strike calls. This is a $422, $423 stock now and short some uh, relatively deep longer dated calls. So here's the good news. Uh, those December options have about $45 worth of extrinsic premium, which means your standstill rate of return. If you just held this position and the stock just went sideways from now to December, you're going to collect better than 10% of the stock price in less than half a year. However, there is no extrinsic premium really even in higher strike deep options out to January. So you might think about rolling those up a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of painful for you to take off those Decembers, though, right now, uh, given how pricey they still are. But uh, if you bought these when the stock was much lower, well done. Okay, next tweet. Our next fan asks, can you share your thoughts on Square? Is it a buy? Tim, this is for you. This is a tough one. Uh, I'm long the stock, and I've been long it through different periods. It, look, they, they, it's the, the largest, you know, essentially Neo Bank out there with $65 million on the cash app. They're on both sides of the equation. Seller GPV has actually been increasing. Um, it's a stock that's also really underperformed some of the other high multiple kind of techs. Uh, and, you know, we've talked recently even about some of these other fintech companies. So, yeah, I like it. I, I stay long. And I think it's, there's been a very painful run. I think the comps get a lot easier. And I think they are very conservative on their April guide. And I think we might see something better coming through. Our last fan wants to know if you can explain a short straddle, please. Give me an example of in the money just or did. on the money. Bonwin, this is for you. It's so perfect you were just talking there about straddling. There you go. Sometimes better be lucky than good. So what you're going to be doing is you're going to be shorting a call and a put at the same strike here. And what you're betting on is that the volatility, the implied volatility of those options is not going to be realized. So you need that move to stay within the premium that you collected, either to the up or to the downside. All right. Time for the final call. Mike. Yeah, I think we can look to a couple of spaces where we've seen some underperformance uh, so far this year. I rather like General Dynamics and Bungie. Tim. Interesting how VIX has been falling with the market. I actually think you're going to start to see the market stabilize next week. And Bonowin. All returns are not created the same. Risk adjusted returns. Treasuries. That does it for Options Action. We are back next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The CNBC documentary Making of the Meme King is next. Starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. 
All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Options Action Disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.